Welcome back to the Dental Elements Podcast. We have Dr. Odie Otto on today. Um, he is going to talk about gut health and what every dental professional needs to know. So, doctor, what does every dental professional need to know about gut health? Well, it's a crazy subject. It's, it's a new subject. Um, new in the fact that a big part of the gut is the bacteria that resides there. Um, most people think of bacteria as being bad. Uh, viruses being bad, fungus is being bad. But uh, the human body, the human microbiome, uh, has a hundred trillion single-celled organisms, with bacteria being the highest percentage, uh, about 98, but about um, 2% of those single cells are fungus and uh, viruses. So it, it's, it's amazing how um, dentists think, you know, let us give that person antibiotic, let's get rid of the infection. However, um, the same pathogenic bacteria that we're trying to get rid of with the oral infection, that same antibiotic also causes disruption in the good flora, the beneficial flora, the flora that we need to help with our metabolism, immune system, uh, fight inflammation, and help us digest food. That's why I say if someone's on antibiotics often enough without having a good diet or without any kind of probiotic, they can set themselves up for a, a long-term chronic uh, uh, conditions. So dentists oh. need to know, dentists need to know this. Dentists need to know this. Yeah. So that's why you're supposed to eat yogurt and things like that when you take antibiotics and not take them all the time and finish them all the way. Is that because you might kill some of the bacteria, but not all of it and it could come back or. Well, well the whole thing with antibiotic stewardship, it's a great question. So with antibiotic stewardship, that said, whenever you, uh, because within seven days of a course of antibiotics or 10 days, if you're on amoxicillin, it, it's amazing how People will often think that, oh, three days later, I feel better. Well, you, you haven't uh, decimated all the pathogenic ones. It's when you don't kill all the pathogenic ones. The ones that are resistant um, bolster strength, and they come back with vengeance. That's why you got to finish all your antibiotics. Uh, but a big part of antibiotics, though, and we're having so much of them, they said the average person by age uh, 20 have been on antibiotics 18 times already. And gastroenterologists have now shown that every time you take antibiotics, you disrupt the good flora, the trillions of beneficial bacteria that call you and me home, they disrupt us anywhere from 30 days to two years. And some people, they never come back in the proper ratio for a lifetime. So mm. that being said, every one of us has been on antibiotics at least once. However, uh, there's people in, in Europe, there's one country that was in Germany, they said that um, one in four people uh, are on antibiotics um, every year. So that being said, uh, you know, you need to treat them with respect. So it's called antibiotic stewardship. Um, so the whole idea is if you take antibiotics, make sure you go, take it for the full seven to 10 days. However, taking them for a viral infection, taking them just because, taking them because I'm going on vacation, not a good idea. So many dentists now realize that uh, you don't just give antibiotics out because the patient asks. And now the prophylactic uh, pre-medication requirements have changed completely with the hip replacement and knee replacement. So it's fascinating, but it all comes down to the importance of bacteria. You do not want to decimate or disrupt the bacteria because a lot of conditions in the human body start with a disruption in the flora about three to six months ahead of time. 
So mm. these, these little bacteria are your friends. So it's kind of like uh, Carrie's disease or periodontal disease. It's not all the bacteria doesn't cause it. There's a few in there that are the enemies. Is that yeah, yeah, exactly. like, in, like your mouth? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's about a thousand to three thousand species in the GI tract. And that's where basically about 98% of them are. They're in the GI tract. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's also trillions on the skin, the armpit, the groin, in the hair, and in the scalp. However, 98% of them are in the GI tract, the 26 feet from, you know, your, your mouth to your butt. Uh, but the neat thing, what's also in there, that, that just so I get to it, is the fact that 80% of the cellular constituents of the immune system is in the GI tract. 80%. This is not my research. It's, I'm just reading from uh, Robin Chutkin and her book, uh, The Microbiome Solution. Uh, Emmer Mayer in his book called The Gut-Brain uh, Connection. They've actually shown that 80% of the cellular constituents of the immune system is in the GI tract. So a big part of our immune system, um, it's being trained by these bacteria. Most people don't realize that the food, that the, the blood groups um, only come about because of bacteria. The blood groups in the human body only come out with the, because of bacteria. So you mean like the type of blood? The type of blood, oh. yeah. A, B, O, yeah. So um, just like when, when the baby's first born, they can, they're a universal receiver. However, um, as the baby's microbiome develops, uh, over time, over, you know, two, three, four, seven, 10, 30 days, uh, then the, the, bl the blood uh, status uh, is completed. But it's the bacteria that dictates how they go, that this goes. So um, you can imagine uh, anytime the new mom takes antibiotics, so there's lots of antibiotics taken during pregnancy. Uh, it's, it's incredible how th this impacts the bacteria. So bacteria like to be left alone. They, like, they love fiber. They hate sugar, except the pathogenic ones in the mouth. Most bacteria hate sugar. So with 70% with of processed food containing sugar, someone who has a very much a processed junk food diet always has disrupted microbiome. The, the microbiome is always disrupted. So all bacteria hate sugar? I said most of them. Oh, most, most of them, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so candida, which is a fungus that, that loves sugar, candida albicans. Okay. Uh, you know, the different, there's different bacteria in the mouth. Actually, when I talk about the gut flora, I'm talking about, about gut bacteria. I'm not going to talk about the 700 species that's in the mouth. I'm talking uh, gut. In, the, in the gut. Yeah. In the gut. And that, you said that was 26 feet, the gut? 26 feet. From your? It's from your mouth to your butt. And digest. Most of them are in the last five feet. Mm. Most of the, your microbiome is in the last five feet. Interesting. And so is that why people get bloated? Because it's all down there in the last five feet? Or is that from? eating too much cheese or? <laughs> no actually cheese can heal you there's a oh. Tim Spector he's an epidemiologist out of uh, England wrote a book called The Diet Myth talking about there's a cheese solution to people oh. having gut issues that being said though you gotta it's be dairy dad. tolerant you gotta be dairy okay. tolerant and he said there's certain soft cheeses are the ones that are healthy for you so and uh, uh, things like goat and feta cheeses mm. I love feta easier to digest uh, oh, that okay. being said so it's very much not like, you know, the, the cheese you see on pizza, like, you know, the spray on cheese. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, not so, nacho so the, cheese. <laughs> yeah, it looks like so. cheese. It looks like cheese. For yeah. Sure. But, yeah. Uh, but the bacteria like fermented foods. So cheese is a fermented food. The fermented foods that you have the gut flora like are um, cheese, good quality cheeses, um, kefir, K or kefir, right? Kefir. Uh, it's a fermented beverage. Uh, um, yogurt is a fermented beverage. Apple cider vinegar is fermented, kimchi, kombucha, sauerkraut, pickles, 
and, and miso soup. Those are about nine mm. processed, uh, sorry, nine fermented foods, which have pre and probiotic qualities. So they contain the beneficial flora, plus they provide an environment where bacteria can live. So um, I try to eat about two of those fermented foods daily. I was just going to uh, ask, how many do you recommend? So two, two options a day or two servings a day? Two a daily. It all depends on what your goals are. Like, you know, some people have no digestive issues, which is rare. So 60 to 70% of people have digestive issues. Um, but if someone's uh, reasonably healthy, you know, it's like when a doctor tells you, you don't need supplements if you have a balanced diet. Well, 95% of people don't eat the recommended fruits and vegetables any time. 70% of adults in Canada don't eat fruit every day. So I'd say 95% of people don't eat a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. So that being said, most people are walking around with um, inflammation, uh, bloating, uh, and some chronic conditions that never get better simply because the body is being starved of what it wants. Uh, the body loves to have fiber. The bacteria in particular like to have fiber. About 25 grams a day for women and about 30 to 35 grams a day for men. And what your bacteria, and this is the key play, part where this happens is in the colon, in the last five feet. Last five feet. And so that where they actually ferment that fiber and they make short chain fatty acids, which are potent anti-inflammatories. So that being said, it's amazing how people actually don't tap into the anti-inflammatory agents that the bacteria make. And they wonder why the, the, the knee aches all the time or their skin's itchy or eczema, psoriasis, or uh, the, the dermatitis is, you know, don't, doesn't go away mm-hmm. because the body's not able to put out the fires in the skin, not a problem, but the fires in their joints. Okay. And so for fiber, uh, where do you recommend getting, can you get all the fiber you need from like apples and spinach and things like that? Or do you recommend taking a fiber supplement or does it just depend on your needs? Uh, food is best. You know, food has, has no ingredients list. Food has no packaging. There's no preservatives in it. You know, um, hundred to, you know, 200,000 years ago, uh, the average human being ate about a hundred grams of fiber a day. Now the average person in North America, it's about 10 grams a day, 10 to 12 grams. So because our genetics haven't changed too much in 100,000 years, we're really starving the bacteria, which have really set up place in our GI tract, calling us home. It's, and then starving them. And then we wonder why you know, our eyes are itchy. We, we can't digest food. You know, we have, I have uh, you know, skin complaints. What's the name? Emron Mayer said that uh, many autoimmune diseases initially are precipitated by uh, gut membrane permeability. Another word for it is, is leaky gut. Mm. So it's gut membrane permeability. Uh, it's, it's a PhD named Gummerson uh, that was the, the coined the term leaky gut. But leaky gut is where the, 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 the layer that protects us from our stomach uh, becomes more permeable. And now pathogenic bacteria can make their way into the general circulation when they should be localized in the GI tract where they, where they do most of their work. But uh, Emma Mayer now, this is a gastroenterologist, uh, says a lot of uh, autoimmune diseases are preceded by gut membrane permeability. Robin Chutkin also says that. She authored the book, The Microbiome Solution. And she's a GI doctor trained out of Columbia. Okay. And is it, what, is it like 50 million America, Americans suffer from autoimmune disease or 100 million? Yeah, yeah 50 million Americans suffer from um, about 100 different kinds of autoimmune diseases. So oh. autoimmune diseases like fibromyalgia, MS, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea. You know, some of these conditions are so resistant. People have them for decades and don't know how to go away. And the mm-hmm. body is always trying to move towards illness. The body really wants to heal. 
Mm-hmm. So when the body's not healing, it's literally because we're not giving it what it needs to heal. It's like if you you, got, you you can have an amazing carpenter, an amazing electrician, but if they don't, if she or he doesn't have the right tools, they can't fix your uh, house. They can't build a closet. They can't uh, fix your pipes. They can't rewire your house because you don't give them the tools. Many times we're not giving the body the tools it needs to work and regenerate and repair. And instead now the body has to do other things. It's like the, the three little piggies. One made the, the house out of uh, straw, uh, uh, wood, or brick. If you want uh, a really impenetrable fortress, you got to give your body the best tools. No matter how good of a carpenter you are, if, if, if all, all she's given is styrofoam to work with, that house will get blown down every time. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And so um, is that why cancers come about too? Is that like the body giving up or it just can't keep up the fight? Like just such a big storm or um, how would that come into? Yeah, good question. Um, I'm only I'm talking about inflammation here because uh, it is uh, Matthew Walker is a neuroscientist out of Berkeley said that um, every stage of cancer uh, inflammation is implicated. So every stage of cancer inflammation is indicated. Um, So that being said, uh, the, our bacteria, and this is where it starts getting realized, these single-celled organisms, of which there are about one to 3,000 species, with a collective genetic footprint of about 8 million genes, and you and I only have about um, 21,000 protein-coding genes in our body, our microbiome uh, has anywhere from 3 to 8 million collective genes in it, all the different species. So th- what these love doing is, when they get fed what they want, they ferment fiber, they make short-chain fatty acids. Short-chain fatty acids are potent anti-inflammatory compounds, potent anti-inflammatory agents, some of the most the body can make. So um, anytime the body is not being fed enough fiber, which is basically 95% of the population, they can't put out the fire in the body. Well, uh, Matthew Walker talks about the fact that inflammation is a key player in every stage of cancer, Um, initiation, promotion, progression, and metastasis. So cancer is the second biggest killer. um, you can really see how people are better able to create a body more resistant to cancer if they simply ate better, if they simply consume more fiber. And you're thinking, Uch, is it that easy? Well, the first doctor, Hippocrates, um, said, uh, let medicine be your food and food be your medicine. So no, believe me though, I'm still, I still love doctors. We, we need our you know, physicians. However, for chronic and uh, autoimmune issues, Many times you start looking at lifestyle. You know, people aren't sleeping well enough. People aren't moving enough. People are eating too much fast food. They're not eating enough natural food. Um, and 95% aren't eating enough fiber. So basically less than 5% of the population can enjoy optimal health simply because they're not eating enough fiber. So, so only 5% of us enjoy, you know, pain-free living, uh, no brain fog because of um, the food we're eating. So uh, food is... Food is your friend. Food is not the enemy. So you really are what you eat, right? <laughs> well, it, it's a glib, it's a glib saying, but yeah, you definitely are what you eat. But people love their fast food. They love their junk food. You know, is that we because they have it. they get cravings for it? Is it because it's like uh, how how like energy attracts each other? Is it because they have so much bad stuff in their gut that it wants more bad stuff? That like why wouldn't why wouldn't it sound good if it's good for you? Like why wouldn't you crave green leafy vegetables if and you want Diet Coke and chips instead. Okay, I love that question. See, a lot of our cravings for a friend. <laughs> the bacteria inside us. So um, it, the less, like when someone goes on a diet, let's say diet in a classic sense, 
and they eat almost all whole foods and less junk food. What happens is that they start craving the good foods and the cravings for the junk food goes down. Um, many times though, it's a, our single celled organisms that make us crave sugar. Um, so the, the pathogenic bacteria love sugar. So the more junk food and, and the, the sweets we eat, so as simple as 20 teaspoons a day, 20 teaspoons a day adds up to about 64 pounds a year. So if I'm only eating five teaspoons, I'm still eating anywhere for like 15 pounds of sugar because it's, uh, it's a modern world that's hard to avoid. But five teaspoons a day, which is within what WHO, World Health Organization says, is, uh, need to, you know, is, is the maximum for good health. Um, I'm not fueling the fire, but sugar is actually uh, disrupting, uh, disrupting our good flora. And this is my reference where information is linked to every event in the development and progression of cancer. And that's in a journal article uh, by Murphy uh, in the American College of Sports Medicine. Uh, that's a really good journal from uh, six years ago. And be being a certified trainer and a professional member of the American College of Sports Medicine, I get these amazing journals, which oh. a lot of these scholars are reading and exercise scientists are reading, but they don't get out to the general public because they just don't have access to them. So here we are sharing um, some pretty interesting phenomena. Like, you know, that statement alone, information is a link to every event in the development of cancer. You're thinking, and most people are thinking, can I just take Advil? Well, Advil is not part of it. You know, ibuprofen is great for, you know, joint pain and acute pain and great for dental pain. But a, a true anti-inflammatory diet is about the food, you know. Sure, over-the-counter analgesics and anti-inflammatories have their place and steroids have their place uh, for treating conditions. But for day, the day-to-day -day world, eating an anti-inflammatory diet is a good thing. Okay. And what about, I've been trying to um, sprinkle some turmeric into my food, like a little bit at a time. Is that helpful? No, turmeric's good. Yeah, turmeric's very good. Let me go to, okay. see if I can actually find um, where my, I, I, we talk about lowering inflammation. So, so turmeric, <clears throat> raw and cooked, have benefits in the body. So I, I, I cook with turmeric uh, this evening. I had some uh, scrambled eggs. I put a, a grated of, uh, raw turmeric in. Uh, okay, so it's like almost like a ginger, the turmeric. Um, ginger again, it's like a, a root vegetable. You know? Okay, so ginger is not ginger is another. Every 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 little food item has different proprietary benefits. So turmeric, uh, uh, cooked turmeric is a potent anti-inflammatory. Uh, raw turmeric is a DNA protectant. This is actually from mm. uh, Dr. Uh, Greger's book on how not to die. He's a medical doctor. Oh, okay, his, his website is nutrition.org. But uh, again, a very informed medical doctor, loves his nutrition. Um, so that's where he talks about turmeric as being part of an anti-inflammatory diet. But let me just give you, when I think about the okay. inflammation, this is one of my drop-down boxes that, that I just wanted to share with you tonight. So increased omega-3s, it lowers inflammation. Fruits and vegetables, obviously, anti-inflammatory. Probiotics have an anti-inflammatory component. Herbs like, like turmeric, as that you said. Um, and, you, and you always say, is the food or is it uh, the powder? Or is, or is it the supplements? Well, food is best. And as you get more refined, uh, it gets more processed. It, it's not recognized as well from the body. So the body loves food, you know, without an ingredients list. Extra virgin olive oil is anti-inflammatory. Green tea is anti-inflammatory. Whole grains, as long as you're not celiac, is anti-inflammatory. Sleep is anti-inflammatory. I don't know anyone that, 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 that is in good health that doesn't sleep very well. It, it's, it's amazing how um, good sleep is a part of an anti-inflammatory Lifestyle, reducing stress. Stress is inflammatory. Managing stress and managing your breathing, with, you know, box potato breathing uh, helps reduce stress. Exercise is anti-inflammatory. 
See, all these things, what the average person doesn't do or include. And that's why so many people have these chronic inflammatory illnesses not going away because, you know, 85% of people don't exercise. You know, 80% of people either tolerate or hate their job. 70% of people uh, sleep uh, with not enough quality to be well-rested. Um, so many people actually have grain intolerances. Um, not everyone, I think in North America, we have about one liter of uh, consumption uh, a year of extra virgin olive oil in, mm. in the Middle Eastern, country, Eastern countries, it's 24 liters a year. So um, I can see why people aren't enjoying optimal health. It's, it's, it's very easy to do as, these, as this list shows, but most people you know, choose the tension relieving easy route. So we blame our careers, dentistry, on our pain when really we could be proactive and change our diets and eat healthier and see feel better at work too and not be so inflamed and painful after work and not have to pop a couple Advil with the bottle of wine or, you know, with the pizza or whatever, you know, you don't, if, so if you do this, it's like being preventative and we're healthcare professionals, especially dental professionals are about preventative, right? So we should be more preventative ourselves. Well, for sure. And, and, and food is, is where it's at. You know, I, we treat the body like, like a mm -hmm. trash can. We just dump what in, whatever feels good, we dump in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so I, I get that. But I love what Hippocrates, Hippocrates, you know, the first doctor said, besides let medicine be a food, let food be a medicine. He said, all disease begins in the gut. And I originally, when I heard this uh, about six years ago, I thought this was overreach. I thought, okay, Hippocrates, I like your medicine is food and food is medicine. But 2,300 years ago, you overreached. But now that you see how many different diseases and how there's growing evidence to show how a lot of diseases, once you have a disruption in the biome, once you have uh, inflammation in the GI tract, it precedes many different modern diseases which are plaguing uh, humanity. Uh, diabetes, you know, 1985, there's only 30 million diabetics. By the year 2000, it was 150 million. 2010, it was 300 million. 2020, it's 400 million. So um, again, diabetes, a metabolic issue. It's an inflammatory issue. It's a, many times it's a lifestyle issue with type two diabetes. So many times by changing how you eat, changing how you sleep, changing how much you move. And as hygienists know, you manage your mouth better. You get your gums get firmer. You get, you see your hygienist more often, fresh evaluation and, and treatment. What happens is the gums get tighter and now you can better manage your blood sugar. So many, many, many diabetics don't know this, but um, so I have a lot of my patients who are pre-diabetic and diabetic. Uh, they can't come into the dental office every nine months or whenever they want to. They need to come more often because when they manage their mouth better, they manage their blood sugar better. Right. Yes, for sure. Um, I wonder if that's because how it's increased so much is because being a child of the seventies and all that processed food came out and sugar, you know, cereal was good for you and because it's fortified and it's, it's okay to have whatever, um, many well, weeks. Well, there's many myths, right? And yeah. I think it was convenience, the liberation of women out of the kitchen wanted to work and, mm -hmm. uh, we wanted convenience foods. We loved the, the can opener. We loved frozen dinners, frozen food, uh, convenience was everything until now, uh, the health gurus, nutrition gurus are talking about the closer to the vine is divine. So the closer your food is to natural state, the easier it is for the bacteria to recognize it. Bacteria have been on the planet for um, about three and a half billion years, three and a half billion years. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have Instagram. All they recognize is things that were around, been around a long time. So, you know, about 50,000 years ago, the average person would eat about 
250 different food items in a week. Now the average adult eats about 12 food items. So because our diet lacks diversity, because our diet has too much sugar, because our diet lacks vegetables, um, many of us are chronically inflamed. So, and if you're not seeking out ways to eat better, sleep better, and move better, what happens is you go towards the more uh, quick fix. Like, you know, how can I cut this off? What can I take? Uh, what can I do in the next 30 minutes to fix my body? Meanwhile, it's, it's been a life, lifetime in the making. Poor eating habits start early. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, uh, you know, the good role models do in the beginning. You know, you tell your child when and why this is you're eating this for your brain. You're eating this for your muscles. You're eating this because you're going to school today. And I want you to have energy in the morning. Um, so I don't want you just to have some fast food per se. Right, right. How did where did you get your passion for this? Because I could tell you're really passionate about it. Uh, did you just wake up and say, <laughs> so I want my vegetables? My <laughs> yeah. No, um, my mom, uh, my mom, neat lady, never went to university, but loved Norman Vincent Peale, loved Reader's Digest. She loved Prevention Magazine. And growing up, she gave us cod liver oil every day. Um, but she told us why. This is good for your brain. This is good for your heart. And she did it with such passion and gusto. Um, I caught that fire. You know, I have two younger brothers and older sister, all, you know, healthy. You know, they look great. great they look great. You know, um, they, um, they definitely look, look, you know, better than the driver's license picture. You know, most of us look like our driver's license picture. But uh, my brothers and sisters, they look better than a driver's license picture because they're following these early um, teachings that our mother gave us. You know, my dad was all about the, uh, the exercise. You know, you've read enough, go outside and play. My mom was always here, had a little cover oil before you go outside. So it was a one-two punch that really uh, stuck with me. And I've, you know, went on to become, you know, uh, you know, doctor of dental medicine, um, certified trainer, written a couple of books now. But, but I love sharing my passion with people and sharing with people how easy it can be. I think most experts make nutrition and food more complicated. I pride myself on making people feel, I can do this. You know, I like the way you said that. Um, Uchi made it seem easier than I thought before. Um, I'm going to get started tonight. Not I got to go to his three day mountain retreat. I got to do a 72 day cleanse with uh, mixing honey and cayenne pepper. I'm going like, what are you talking about? You know. So I love simplicity. I love doable eating eating habits. Yes. And how do you, I know on our episode, I think it was episode number 35, you were a great guest and we talked about sleep and all of that. And you said something about exercise and you only exercise so many minutes a week. And and if you, if you guys go to our YouTube channel too, at Dental Elements, you can see this video and see his screenshot and, and just see how good he looks for how old are you? 78? No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, the whole idea is, um, age, looks get about 20. Stuck in the, you know, people get this thing stuck in their mind about age. And I think it's all about energy. You know, I see 20 year olds that are sucking wind and bent over. And I see 80 year olds with a to-do list, like a mile long, so uh, you really can't age well unless you're physically active. You also can't age well unless you sleep well. You also can't age well with a disrupted gut microbiome. But when I, we talked about exercise, I talked about uh, interval training. And interval training is a really, uh, if, if someone wants to get fit fast, um, interval training is the way to go. It's the fastest way to improve your aerobic fitness, your ability to take in oxygen, use it, and send it out. Um, so that's a whole other uh, you know, show. Yeah, another, that we'll do another episode on that. <laughs> but but, but, but I pride myself in how little I need to work out to still be fit. Most experts say I work out four hours a day. Um, me, never more than 30 minutes now. And it used to be hours in the gym when I was a teenager. Now I got 
to-do list a mile long. I've got patients to look after, lectures to do, books to write. So I like to be very efficient with my time. So yeah. I don't have the hours in the gym. Yeah, I like that because like if I want to go work out before, it's like, oh, no, I don't have the time. But now I'm like, no, he says I only have to do a little, you know, do the hilt or whatever, the interval. But if I only could do 15 minutes, that's fine. But, you know, once you get on there, then you want to go longer. But it's like, okay, so at least get you on there and it's better than nothing. And you get a really good workout if you do it right. Um, so how do you suggest that people get started just making small changes? Uh, like you said, we don't have to do a three day starve yourself cleanse just to get started. But what would you recommend for us? a salad, a salad a day? And then right away, you know, someone say, well, what do I need in my salad? Well, there's a hundred kinds of apples. There's a thousand species of potatoes. Don't make it complicated. You know, have lots of variety. Change up your salad. You know, my salads get boring with cherry tomatoes and spinach. Well, how about romaine lettuce? How about kale? How about arugula? You know, um, so there's, there's many different tomatoes, many different kinds of cheese you can put on. You know, you can actually have extra virgin olive oil and balsamic vinegar as a dressing rather than the, the creamy ones. Mm-hmm. But I would say a salad a day is life-changing. A salad a day, most people would almost double their fiber intake, which leads to all kinds of dousing of the fires of inflammation. So I would start off with a salad a day. I had one uh, hygienist come running up to me after two months. I, I, t- I told them about a, a salad a day. They lost 15 pounds in two months. Oh my just, gosh. They added a salad a day. A salad anytime, a day. You, anytime you give the body what it wants, you, you give the bacteria what they want, you give your cells what they want. What happens is your body naturally, you tap into the inherent wisdom of the body and then you don't have to count calories. But you will have to count calories if you're not tapping into the inherent wisdom of the body. And you got to overthink dieting. But if you want to tap into inherent wisdom, you don't have to count calories anymore. And you'll look and feel good quicker in, in, in due time, quicker than what mm-hmm. you ever thought was possible. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's great. And it sounds doable. And if you do get bored of different, you know, carrots, cucumbers, whatever, try a different grocery store. You know, I go to different stores and it's like, oh, weird, weird things. But just grab a few different vegetables and throw them in there, right? Variety is key. You got it, right. Cindy. You got it. All right. Well, thank you for being a guest um, today. We really appreciate this. Is amazing information. And I do. Um, I have your Instagram. I think up here too. There, there you go. You People go. can see my screen now. There you are. So um, yeah, I follow you on Instagram. It's at Fit Speakers, and you always yes. post such um, inspirational things. And I love seeing your your crowds and your energy. And you can tell he's not really seventy eight, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So follow him on Instagram. And uh, is this you? And you can see his um, great photos and inspiration and eat that salad a day. Mm-hmm. And, and then how can, else can people connect with you? Are you um, able to chat with people on Instagram? Are you, do you hang out there very often? Oh yeah, no, I'm there like two or three times a day. I'll, I'll, I'll post, I mean, I have stories, people direct message me. I love answering myself. I find when I lecture, <clears throat> I like to talk to people a few days or weeks before I, I guess me t- to tap into the pulse of what people want to know. I think it's, um, for too long, people are like, they're scouring online resources to find what the, what's the best probiotic. They're scouring to find out, you know, what's the best kind of apple. So I like to bring clarity to, uh, to, to the nutrition and the healthy living world. And mm-hmm. I think uh, for too long, people think it's an all or nothing. Like, what do you have? You know, Uchi, you, you, you drink wine? Uh, yeah, I drink wine. Uh, do you miss workouts? I miss workouts all the time. You go to bed early? No, sometimes I'll, I'll only get four hours sleep, but most of the time, no, it's seven to nine hours. So anyway, so my, my gift is, is bringing simplicity and clarity and to really help my colleagues and even lay people and helping colleagues with their patients because patients are looking to anyone. They're looking for healthcare providers 
that look at the big picture, that actually look at you from head to toe. People are starving for people to connect the dots. Yeah. So this kind of work, we're starting to connect the dots and let people know you're a hygienist, you're a dentist, and the whole dental team is really good at helping people eat and chew better. So we're probably the, the best people to help people, their microbiome, you know, because uh, the National, National Institute of Health now is, has talked about the microbiome being an organ because it has so much impacting uh, ability to influence health. But the number one way they've shown, experts have shown, the number one way to impact your microbiome positively is to eat better. So when you think of which health professional, which health profession works with helping people chew and eat better, the hygienist and the dentist. So we can definitely make, help people have a healthier microbiome to see if you can chew efficiently, pain-free, and, um, and get healthy. Yes, that's what we want, to get healthy, get our patients healthy, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So we will put um, all the links to in the show notes too, so you can reach out to um, Dr. Odiatu. And uh, we will see you on the next episode.